podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am your host, Carlos Cooper. With me as always, Dave Gurney and Joe Hilliard. And we have a special guest. We're doing something that we've never really done before. Um, if you go back to, uh, I can't remember the episode number, but David and Ethan at the time took a field trip to Washington and interviewed uh, Amber Watts, uh, one of the co-founders and uh, brewers up at Garden Path Fermentation in Skagit Valley, Washington, just outside Seattle. But we have been eager to try this for a long time. And this is the three of us with a brewer in our crosshairs, getting all the answers to all of the questions that we ever wanted. And we're delighted to welcome uh, from Corpus Christi, Texas, of course, where we live and broadcast from, Varian Kreiser, who is the owner and proprietor and creative force, I suppose, behind Lorelei Brewing Company here in Corpus Christi. Varian, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And, And guys, like I said, we've got a brewer in the crosshairs, and he brought gifts. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. Yeah. So, uh, so what beers did you uh, bring with you? Well, um, I I decided that uh, with all the festivities that have started as of this uh, last weekend, with Oktoberfest starting, oh yeah, um, I was going to bring a traditional German style beer, which is a Munich Dunkel. Um, it's a really nice uh, middle of the road style of beer, great for festivals. Um, something that you can drink multiple of, kind of a nice malt backbone to it. Um, just kind of sticking to that true traditional German style, because as we always do, everything is traditional with us, and that's why we start our Oktoberfest in September, because that's how the Germans do it. Right. Yeah, I think I think Oktoberfest just occurred. Yeah, at the at at the brewery, I'll just had it right now. No, I'm talking that's about good. in in Germany. Didn't uh, they? Oh, yeah, well, yeah I, Munich, Germany yeah. Uh, started Oktoberfest on the 21st, the of same September, day. Yeah. Yep, the same day that we Look did at it that. at our place. Um, because that is when it actually starts. Uh, most people don't realize that Oktoberfest um, ends the first weekend of October. Right. So here in the States, most people are starting their Oktoberfests mm-hmm. when October starts. But in actuality, that first weekend, that's when Oktoberfest is over. Um, in, in America, we just know that the pumpkin beers have hit the liquor store. And that, yeah. means, and that means, and maybe we can talk well, about pumpkin beers I, and other I, kinds of beers. I, 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 I want to personally done. thank Varian and Lorelai for bringing a little of that old world authenticity to Corpus Christi then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, for with, sure. the, uh, with nailing the date. Okay, enough chit chat. Can we crack open yeah, one of these things? Because I'm thirsty. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? So, uh, a little dunkle. I'm noticing on the can, that's a 5% ABV. That is correct. Is that pretty true to the style? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is really, uh, again, it's a, a style of beer that is supposed to be sessionable, um, easy for you to drink multiple of in one sitting, enjoy with friends, uh, no matter what the occasion. Right. Well, we appreciate you bringing these. And uh, I know I've got a ton of questions. David, I'm sure you're eager to, to, to pick Varian's brain. Absolutely, I am. Um, you know, I think as a brewer, we're curious, you know, as someone who's made the choice to make a living in this kind of crazy competitive industry, why? How, how the heck do you make this leap? You know, could, could you tell us a little story of what got you to think craft beer is the thing for me? Yeah, it was... Um Man, it it was a a crazy situation. Um, I hated beer. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, podcast is over, guys. (laughs) Listen, hey, leave the cans that we haven't opened, and we will talk about. (laughs) Um, So, you know, about 10, uh, 10, 12 years ago, um, I did not like beer. 
Um, what I knew as beer was, you know, what the, the macro breweries out there produce, uh, you know, the blue cans, the red cans, things of that nature. <laughs> and um, some made with corn syrup, some not. That's yeah, a whole different right. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so um, I, I wasn't a fan. I, I didn't like beer. I had never been introduced to craft beer. Uh, I, I got a whole nother one here if you guys want to <laughs> bust into it. Um, but um, uh, my wife and I, on our first year anniversary, we flew up to Buffalo, New York to visit some of our friends. And um, it, it was actually her best friend and her best friend's fiance at the time, uh, this individual named uh, Matt Redpath, um, that we actually refer to as Brubaca. Um, <laughs> yeah, some slight Star Wars uh, tie-in there. But... Yeah. Uh, um, he was at the time a head brewer for Gordon Biersch. They actually flew him from California out to Buffalo, New York to open that location out there. Oh, wow. Um, he had been in the industry for over 10 years. And I mean, he that's that's what he did. So we show up there. Um, you know, one of the first things we do is go to his brewery. We sit down at the, the bar and he's like, hey, you know, well, what can I get you? And I'm like, uh, a glass of wine, please. Uh, I'll take, uh, you know, what kind of rum do you got? You know, I'll take, you know, rum on the rocks. I'll take a whiskey on the rocks. I'm like, he's like, no, what beer do you want? And I'm like, I don't drink beer. And he, he's like, what do you mean you don't drink beer? Breaking news. Yeah. He's, uh, like, he's just dumbfounded by this. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like beer. I'm not a fan of it. And he's like, what beer have you ever had? So I start naming off some of the, the, the big names out there. And he's like, no, I asked you, what beer have you ever had? <laughs> you still haven't told me. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, so um, I'll never forget it. He he slides me a taster across the bar of this, you know, dark beer. Didn't have a clue what it was. It you looked, know, at it the looked moment. different than anything. Yeah, I was like, was. yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I've ever seen any, any similarity to it is Guinness. And if anything, that was the one beer that I found palatable. Okay. Um, and so he slides it across and I... I'm like, okay, whatever. So I try it and I will never forget that beer to this day. I mean, it was like literal mind explosion of, oh my God, this is, this is not beer. What is this? Um, it was a, a smoked porter that he had made. Oh. Um, and being with Gordon Biersch, they follow the, the Reinheitsgebot, mm -hmm. um, which is the German purity laws. Um, mm -hmm. They've recently changed that. So they don't do that uh, as hardcore anymore. But at that time, they were 100% following the, the German purity laws. So this thing was made with just all grains, hops, yeast, water. I mean, that's it. The four yeah. ingredients. Um, and it was absolutely amazing and mind blowing. Um, so our anniversary trip to Buffalo, New York actually turned into a beer tour of New York and Canada, um, by Niagara area. Now under the tutelage of your friend, Brubaca or yes. just you and Laura had uh, figured out that we want to try this on our own. Well, no, it, it was, uh, under his tutelage. Absolutely. I mean, we were there to hang out with them. And so okay. everywhere we went, he's like, Hey man, try this beer. And it was no longer, I don't like beer. It's like, oh, I want to try that. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that one. Oh, that's really good. Oh, let, let me try that right, one over there. Right. Yeah. And so it was just this whole new experience as to what beer actually was. Um, so, you know, we, 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 you know, went on our trip, came back, and it was just a whole new story for us. Every time we went to the store, we're just 
scoping out the beer aisle going, right. hey, what's something here that we've never tried before? What have we never tasted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, I've never even heard of this kind of style. And of course, for newbies, that's pretty easy. I mean, yeah. 90% of the styles we never heard of. Uh, but so we just kept trying beer after beer every week. We were at the at the store getting new beer to try, uh, always doing something new. And then my uh, uh, my father in law pops up one day and he's like, "Hey, you know, have you ever thought about brewing it?" <laughs> and again, like total mind blown. I'm like, "You can do that." Yeah. <laughs> and if you've never well, there's brewed only before, four ingredients. If you, yeah. and, and Carlos has brought beers that he's brewed to the podcast, and, right. and David and I are waiting for him to do that some more. Yeah, but that is an intimidating proposition. It it, it it's science. It's 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 everything. If you've never done it before, yeah. How right. how was your first? What was the first thing you brewed? Yeah, what was the first? What was the first style? Uh, the first style that we uh, that I brewed was, uh, and see, this is the thing. Like, uh, I don't. Uh, when I go in, I go in all the way. You with didn't something. buy a kit from the grocery store. Nope. The no, kit? yeah, like Mister Beer right, or right. you know, brewing a bag. It was none of that type of stuff. It was literally um, my father in law told me, "Hey, why don't you try brewing it in your garage?" And I'm like, "You can, you know, like I said, oh my god, you can do that." Yeah. I immediately I started doing all the research, checking into it. And I was doing, um, you know, all grain recipes from day one. I mean, we went out and we spent about three thousand dollars nice. in our garage brew equipment for without your first, ever, yeah, yeah, oil, yeah, for for our first one without was, knowing if you'd be any good at it yeah. or if you you just like. Putting my money down, I'm gonna try this out. I love Go it. I love in, it. You know? I love it. Well, and it, we, we just, you know, and honestly, it never even crossed my mind. The thought of making a bad batch never even, you know, was like on the forefront of my mind. I expected it at some point. Now, how long ago was this, by the yeah, way? Yeah, you're just uh, learning. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, this was uh, probably about uh, seven years ago. I mean, Lorelei's been open for at five, least five, uh, four. Uh, we we've been open for three and a half years now. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, doing this at home for, you know, uh, about three and a half, four years before we started the brewery. So when you started, were you also living in California at the time? No, we we had actually moved here at the time. Moved here at the time? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's bold. It's ambitious. Yeah. I I definitely started with a kit. It's I mean, not no. different though than some of the other breweries in town. There, there's there has been for most of the brewers locally a short window between getting the bug and getting to the uh, yeah getting the getting their own business going. Yeah, I I I, I did a, an article for the Ben Magazine. Shouts out to my wife Kylie. Um, and I everyone I talked to basically the exact same mm-hmm. kind of thing. The homebrew bug bit them, and then you come around, but. Y'all at Lorelei have kind of moved at a slightly quicker pace. I mean, y'all yeah. are in HEB canning pretty quickly. Um, I, I, you can it, see it your taps everywhere. Yeah, it wasn't and, too long after they put cans out that I saw it in a Specs in San Antonio. Right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, you guys have the largest distribution range. I yeah. think of the local brewers. By far. Oh, and yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm talking we, about miles away from your offices. Oh yeah, yeah. We are, we're we're up in San Antonio, uh, Curaville. Just hit the valley. Uh, yeah, we're we're all the way down to the valley, all the way to the border now. Um, yeah, actually, my friend, uh, my friend Ponce. Uh, is getting your stuff in Laredo now. So Yep, absolutely. Right. Um, in the next uh, couple of weeks, we're opening up El Paso. Oh, uh, dang. Wow. That's real far. Yeah, thanks to Total Total Wine, nice. um, their big oh, expansion yeah, yeah. that they're doing coming here. They're also going out to El Paso. And yeah. when they uh, decided they were opening their El Paso location, they told our distributor, they're like, hey, we want all of Lorelei's stuff in El Paso. Nice. So our distributor's like, okay, well, if we're opening it up for them, we better just take it for everybody. So we'll be opening yeah. up El Paso soon. 
Um, we've also been in talks with uh, sometime this year planning on opening up Houston also. Oh, very nice. Cool. Very nice. Was so it, was that kind of part of your philosophy from the beginning? Did you think we want to get to as many beer drinkers as we can? Did you Were you just more interested in like, let's just get Corpus Christi established? I don't know. Did, did you have that long vision from the beginning or has it kind of evolved naturally? Um, we, we always, uh, you know, Laura and I always joked around about uh, we, we want to take over the world one beer at a time. <laughs> um, you know, never, never expecting it to ever even be anything more than out of our garage. And then when we started the brewery of, hey, you know, Corpus is always our focus. It's the, the it's our hometown for the brewery. This is, you know, our home market. We're always going to focus on here. But when we started getting all the support that we did here and in Texas, I mean, we're, we're behind the times compared to other states when it comes to craft yeah. beer. Yeah, that's true. So we quickly were gaining uh, support all over the state with people wanting our beer. So we, you know, when we saw the opportunity and talking to people, we knew we had the capacity to, to hit those markets. We started opening them up and, you know, just, it's kind of been a natural progression that as we're moving along, we, we scale up, we're doing well there and, you know, Hey, it's time for a new market. Let's add a little more. Let's push a little further. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Now, one thing that, uh, you said a few minutes ago that I found interesting was, you know, you talked about kind of, uh, staying a little traditional, but at the same time, as far as at least the, the breweries that we have here in our area, y'all are at the same time on the cutting edge of new styles a lot sooner than most people are. Like you've had the Manitas New England IPA for quite a while now. Y'all were really early on the brute. We were Uh, second in the state to brew the brute IPA. So talk about how you balance those two things, how you, you know, you stay authentic and then also are very on the cutting edge of what's going on. Yeah, um, we're... It's, you know, it's about sticking to traditional beer. Um, For us, uh, doing the traditional styles, um, your your kind of standard IPAs, um, stuff like this, Munich Dunkles. Um, The next one that I'm going to bring out for you guys is another very traditional style that you just don't see anywhere. Um, we, We believe the foundation is built on the strength of thousands of years of beer. Mm. Um, there's lots of new styles out there, a lot of creativity going on. Um, but a solid market being founded on some of these really crazy styles that are occurring. I mean, it's going to be hard to support. So I've always believed that a good foundation for a brewery is to be able to solidify those traditional styles that people always go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that's where we focused our foundation on. But from there, it's all about experimentation. I mean, it's, you know, like when you think about a chef in the kitchen, they like to play and experiment with new ideas. And, you know, as a brewer myself and our team, that that's how we are, too. We love to try new styles. We love to create new styles. Um, so we're always educating ourselves. We're paying attention to what's going on in the scene. We're, um, you know, the brood IPA that we just mentioned. I mean, uh, Kim Sturdivant, uh, out of California is credited with the actual creation of that style. Right. Um, I was actually in contact with him when we were deciding to create ours. Cause I had read a small article about, you know, the style and what he had done. So I immediately contacted him and said, Hey, we, we want to, you know, uh, mimic this style, but we want to make sure we're doing it justice, ran some ideas by him. And he, he gave some suggestions as how he would have liked to seen it different. And, you know, we ran with it. Folks outside of the industry see the local 
brewers in our town being pretty collaborative and pretty nice to one another. Oh, yeah. But whenever you contact this gentleman uh, across the country, is it the same in the larger brewer world? Are people open to, like, it wasn't a collaboration, I understand that, but open to sharing ideas rather than being, <clears throat> rather than being more proprietary with them? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I can't think of a, a single circumstance anywhere in the country that I've gone, visited breweries, talked to them, that as soon as you're like, you know, oh, yeah, hey, you know, I'm Barry and the founder of Lorelei Brewing Company. And they're like, oh, cool, where are you guys out of? And we start talking. And then next thing you know, we're on the private tour in the back, hitting the private reserves and uh, talking recipes, talking shop, all of that. Um, I, I've, I've never I've never experienced a different situation than that in, in the, the craft beer community. Um, it's unlike any other industry out there. Um, most other industries, you know, whether it's construction or restaurants or anything like that, they're very cutthroat. You're out to take out the competition. You want to be doing better than this guy or that guy. But what we found in the craft beer industry is the, the more of us there are that are making good quality beer, the better all of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, rising, of, rising tide. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, people, they travel, there's people that base vacations on breweries there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Guilty. You, yeah. You, you go to, you go to a city, you go to, uh, you know, wherever, or even, you know, traveling across the country driving, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to stop at this brewery. I'm going to stop mm-hmm. at this brewery. And that's how you, uh, you know, so many people are now basing their vacations. Um, and if we want to capture that here in Corpus, we need to have a lot of good breweries on there, you know, right. so, you know, to, to help promote that, you know, travel economy that we can have here. Tourism yeah. um, is a huge impact on us. Yeah. It sounds like Brubaca handled you real well. I'm just, oh, yeah. just going to say Brubaca over yeah. and over. Okay? <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> now, as the owner of a beer bar, in a, I'm sorry, as a, a brewery, in a city that is still understanding what craft beer is, I'm sure you have a lot of customers that come in and say, yeah, where's the Bud Light? Yeah. No, no, no. We, don't, we're, we make our own. Okay, well, can you give me the thing closest to... What is the path that you take a customer down that is new to craft? When you, you can I, immediately identify that they are new to craft beer. Um, it, it really comes down to talking about to them about personal preferences and... Um, not even specifically about beer, but just about general food preferences and wine preferences that can really give you a better understanding of what what people like in a beer. Um, even just understanding what beers they've tried, what they do and don't like about them, um, things of that nature that that really just will dictate uh, what the right beer for them is. I mean, we had a couple that came in um, a while back. Excuse me. That uh, um, the the husband's like, oh, she she doesn't like beer. What's you know, just what's the lightest thing you got? And you know, the our, our beer tender at the time, uh, and actually business partner of mine, Eric Jolly, uh, he he's asked, like, well, what is it you don't like about beer? What beers have you tried? And starts talking to him and. You know, they're, they're going through, you know, all this different stuff. And he starts just asking her questions. Well, well, you know, do you do you like this? Do you like uh, coffee? Do you like um, chocolate? And just starts, you know, kind of feeling her out that way. And he ends up handing her our uh, our, our murder. Um, yeah, our murder, um, you know, Russian Imperial coffee milk stout. And she just fell in love with it at, you know, immediately. Yeah. 
And her husband is like, we've been married for 20 <clears throat> years and I can't get you to drink a beer Period. And he's a Guinness drinker, you know, and he's like, and now all of a sudden you're drinking beer and you love it. And, you know, as Eric had to explain to him, he's like, well, yeah, you, you drink Guinness, which is a dry stout. It's a totally different flavor profile than a Russian Imperial stout that has that milk sugar in it. It has that yeah. sweeter profile to it. So her, her tastes are different. And it just took a little feeling out of, you know, hey, the coffee notes, the chocolate notes, the the sweetness, things of that nature. Yeah. And bam, we we just we turned her into a beer drinker. That's awesome. And I'm, I know I know I'm that, sure it didn't hurt that Eric is on the Murdude can. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that does help. You know? it, sounds, yeah. it sounds like the, I, well, the, I would think that's something that you'd have to sort of work against almost. <laughs> if I were him, forget I would, that he's on the label. No, no, if I were him, I'd be giving it to everybody. So yeah, I, get, I get it. Yeah, yeah. No, lesson learned: beer saves relationships. It, yeah, absolutely. It, <laughs> it you know it's it's interesting when you talk about that. I think that that is like a, a barrier that a lot of people have where like, I mean, you talked about it in the beginning where you had that barrier for yeah. a while. Like I've had, cause you just haven't had great experiences and it really takes somebody who understands, I think certain variations and uh, flavor profile that you can achieve with different styles and different ingredients, it, which it sounds like Eric has. And I know you have, yeah. do you have with your staff, the people you bring on, do you kind of have a process you go through with them to sort of get them up to speed? Because absolutely. I mean, what if Eric's not behind the bar when, when that uh, couple comes in? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, we, we put everybody through training. Um, before they even come on board, they take some beer 101 courses. Uh, we get them involved in the Cicerone program. Nice. Um, and for those not familiar with it, the Cicerone program is the beer equivalent of the sommelier program. Right. Um, so we get them involved in that to really build their education and knowledge. We do regular um, tastings, uh, you know, sensory profiling at our brewery um, with all of our employees where we sit down, we blindfolded. Um, you know, try different beer styles, whether they're ours or other people's, um, just to get people to really develop their flavor and taste and, you know, being able to understand those profiles that are there. Because everybody describes beer different. Uh, you know, all four of us sitting here could try the same beer and we're all going to pull different flavors out of it. Um, it happens often on the show where the three of us will drink a beer. Yep. And there are three opinions sometimes. Exactly. And one of them loves it. One of us loved it. One of us really didn't care for it at all. Yep. Yeah. It's rare. We usually just love all the beer. That we're <laughs> and speaking of beer that we're trying, uh, can we yeah, open we should, up we should, another one? Well, we, should we talk about this one a little I, bit? I, I mean, I, I, I kind of... Yeah, I mean, we should talk is, about uh, this one before we, if we are going to move Yeah, this is fantastic. Beer. It's really I'm good. really enjoying Delicious. this. I don't no. remember how... Did you all... Brew this for past Oktoberfests? We did not. So okay. what makes the Munich? What makes a dunkel a dunkel? I mean, we know the answer. The three of us do, I, but we, I actually do not. Oh well, Car David and I clearly know the answer. But <laughs> tell us what makes a you know a dunkel a dunkel? Uh, it, it's just, I mean, it, it's a traditional German style. Um, being that this is actually a lager, uh, not an ale, mm -hmm. um, so it gets that cleaner fermentation. Yes. It's got the cleaner, crisper flavors to it. Um, but it's you know kind of kind of like the easiest way to you know think of it is it's the german's version of an amber um okay. so it's a lager very clean crisp flavor but it's got the the, the caramel notes yes. as you've noticed yeah. in it yeah um yeah. nice malt backing yeah. yeah minimal hot bitterness you notice it there it's bringing some balance right um but it's not you know straight in your face with hops uh just very easy balanced uh you know style of beer yeah no i think as you introduced it earlier being able to sit back i mean i could definitely uh 
I can, I can visualize myself sitting out on the, uh, you know, outside at Lorelei and, and with a big stein full of this, and it would just go down <laughs> so easily. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Carlos, the <laughs> brewer's staring you in the face as you answer the question, but what did you think of the beer? Uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, I, I do like, um, some of that caramel that's coming through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I agree that it's very balanced and, um, dare I say, uh, crushable. Yeah. I have a prejudice. Well, that's the weird thing is that, you know, I'm used to it with like a light lager, right? Like, yeah. a, or a lager with more like a pale malt kind of, but this with the, with the more caramely sweet kind of, it, you worry that it's going to be cloying, but it dries right out at the end and yeah. then it just, yep. it leaves you wanting more sips. So I've, I've got a prejudice against lagers that I can't explain. I, I I go for an ale if I have a choice, uh, oh, an yeah, IPA, yeah. you know, IPA, whatever. We know, but <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I I would next time I come to Lorelei, which I hope is soon, I would definitely pick this up again. It's it was it was delicious, and we drained that through those thirty two ounces between us really quickly. Yeah, yeah. very quickly. very easy, very easy. Yeah, super easy. So, drink. is there anything else we can drain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because we do have. Some beer for you in the second half. Of the That's episode. right. So awesome. Trying to yeah. get through the beer you brought for us. No worries. All right. Uh, so um, you know, uh, I don't know if it's intuition or what uh, that uh, Joe has a bias against loggers. I brought another logger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, open my eyes. Open my eyes. No, we so, tend to go against Joe's uh, that, That's yeah, right. I'm we, used we, to it. we need to I'm challenge the, Joe. I'm the, I'm the punching yeah. bag around. Here. <laughs> so th- this one that I brought. Um, this style is Ooh, something that I, like I am, you know, I was not very familiar with. I had heard of them. I had never really uh, it, it tasted one until just about two years ago um, because it, it's not something you find regularly. Is it the uh, Baltic Porter? This is the Baltic Porter. I haven't uh, had it yet, so this is my first time. Awesome. Uh, glad, can't wait to hear what you think of it. So, um uh, th- this is, uh, you know, it- it's commonly referred to as the Porter's version of a Russian Imperial Stout. Okay. Um, higher ABV, uh, similar kind of concept that happened is that um, with the style of beer, when Porter's were taken over uh, into the colder climates, uh, the ale yeasts mm. don't respond very well. So what naturally thrives is the lager yeasts. And this is a porter that is brewed with lager yeast instead. Um, it's also at the higher ABV. This one we came in at uh, about 8.5%. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, colder weather, they prefer the, the, the higher ABV to help warm you up. Um, I'll allow it. But one of, one of the big things about the Baltic porter is you see how dark of a beer this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... What's different about this and specifically like stouts and even other porters is the lack of um, bitterness from the malts. So kind of that roasted bitterness that occurs in your darker beers. This doesn't have that the way the others do because we specifically use a type of grain that is a debittered malt where um, most of that bitterness comes from the husk on the grain. Mm-hmm. Well, we use debittered malt, which removes that husk and eliminates a lot of that grain bitterness that occurs mm-hmm. in the beer. Um, so this has kind of that similarity of that that lager, very drinkable style, yet it's still an eight and a half percent beer with more flavor and more character than so many other styles out there. Yeah. 
Beautiful. It, yeah, and, and you're right. It is It is a dark, dark beer. It's a, go- so it's it a is, gorgeous yeah. pour. It sure is. I mean, it really is, and it smells fantastic. Yeah, nice. Get like an earthy quality mm-hmm. to it that I really like. I mean, just on the nose even, so... Um, well, that, that kind of, I mean, so you're constantly trying new stuff. Like you said, you, you just brought this on, the Dunkel. This is the first time you're doing that for yeah. Oktoberfest. S- so what is it that sort of draws you to these new beers, styles or recipes? I mean, is there a, a style that you want to do that you haven't done yet? Or how does that work for you? Yeah, um, it, it's a matter of preference at the time. Um, you know, I like the perfect example of this, the, the Baltic Porter. Um, we were up in, uh, in Denver uh, for the Craft Brewers Conference. And while we were there, we went to uh, the Boar's Head. And it's this excellent brewery up there that just, they, they have seven cask engines. You know, so seven beer engines doing cask beer, which is wow. rare. I mean, you you hardly find places that do casks as it is, but these guys always have seven of them on tap and uh, amazing beer. And, you know, I, I, I had their Baltic Porter and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And Eric, uh, um, you know, he had been bugging me for a while saying, hey, we should really think about doing one of these. Well, not understanding what it was, you know, I, I didn't have the same excitement until I tried it that right. day. And I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. So then we ended up going to another brewery up there and, hey, there's another Baltic Porter. They're much more, you know, common up there. And while I was up on that trip, I tried probably a good six, seven different Baltic Porters and came back with the the bug for it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I want to do my own rendition of this beer. I was inspired by what I had tried up there. And that's what a lot of it is, is, um, you know, trying a beer that you haven't had before going, wow, this would be amazing and fantastic to, uh, you know, to create my own version of this. Right. Um, So that's how the the Baltic Porter, our Urate, came about. Um, but then it's also, you know, hearing about new creative ideas, um, you know, the the Brood IPA, just hearing about it, you know, I mean, it's really uh, challenging to develop a beer style when you've never even tried the beer before because you can't get it. Right. Yeah. Um, at the time, there were no brutes around here. They were only available oh, no. in California. Yeah. Um, you know, we even tried, uh, you know, because when I contacted uh, Kim with uh, um, the, the brewery over there. Uh, asked him, Hey, do you have any of it in cans, growlers? Is there any way I could get some? I'm like, I even have a friend that lives in the, the, the right. Bay area. I'm yeah. like, they can come down, pick it up and they'll ship it to me. Um, and he's like, no, sorry, we're all out of it. And you know, yeah. there was no way for us to get it. So developing that recipe, it was just, you know, I was kind of rolling the dice just based yeah. on yeah. education <laughs> and, you know, uh, reading the, the material and the recommendations from the person who designed it. Um, you know, so it, it's, you know, it, it's two, two different ways. It's either something you try that it's like, wow, I want to recreate something in my own version of this or, you know, styles that, you know, you, you, you read about and go, Hey, that's, that's really cool. And we don't have something like that here. Yeah. Let, let's experiment. Let's try something along that line. Can we, can we get more granular? I mean, you, you get inspired to do the Baltic Porter or the Brute. Yeah. And then that ha- then what happens at your facility? I mean, you, you don't dedicate an entire large amount of, of brewing capacity to something that may not taste good yet. <laughs> how, how, do you just do smaller batches, get the recipe refined? How does it work? Well, um, we, we, we're a bit different than a lot of the other breweries out there. Most, uh, most breweries out there will have what's called a pilot system, a mm-hmm. uh, very small system to produce and try out different beer styles and go, Hey, we'll go to market with this. Um, for those of you that have been to our brewery, we, we don't even have closet space, let alone space for another <laughs> small true. system. Yeah. Um, Y'all are busting at the seams. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
we, we don't have that availability for a pilot system. We've got nowhere yeah. to put it. Um, so I do an excessive amount of research on the front end. Yeah. Okay. Um, I make sure that everything that I am doing is going to be 100% precise and that no matter what comes out of that tank, it's going to be a drinkable it's beer. Be drinkable, yeah. Yeah. It, well, you had mentioned that the first homebrew system you bought, you know, you dumped a good amount of money into yeah. it. So you do seem to be a very uh, all in double or nothing kind of fella yeah well uh not so much myself uh i think that's really laura my wife okay. uh she's uh instilled that in me that I she's get that from her. yeah she's given me that you know i really don't have a choice it's all or nothing <laughs> um and it's it's worked out well, really everything's well. an investment why yeah you don't set yourself up to not be excellent <laughs> yeah well no and that's exactly it so it's a lot of research and just making sure that i know that the grains and flavors we, we have our technique down. Um, that's yeah. something that we continually to focus on. We always uh, continue training. We are always reading uh, Master Brewers Association, uh, you know, the uh, Brewers Guild, the National Brewers and Association. All of these organizations have lots of resources. We're always studying. We're always learning more. And it's to make sure that we keep our technique precise, because as long as our technique is on, whatever comes out of that tank is going to be a, a quality beer. Mm -hmm. May it be what we wanted it to taste like? No. I mean, there's been half a dozen batches of new beers that we've produced that... I did not like, and I literally was like, I'm never going to make that beer again. It was awful, hmm. but it sells out of our tap room in a couple of weekends. Well, because yeah. we like right the on. new thing. I mean, when when local breweries and that were, the local beer scene is hungry for more than what we have. Yeah. So when you guys and then the other breweries in town release the special things, the new things, I'm sure that they sell out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So when are you, so the, the first Eurate, am I pronouncing yeah. that correctly? That's the Baltic Porter that we're enjoying now. Was the first one the only one? Yep, that, that, that's the one we're okay. drinking right now. So when this runs out of the brewery, because mm -hmm. you're not canning it, nope. then you'll do it again or you'll put it in your hat for later, maybe, or how does yeah, it? Th th this is going to be probably a seasonal for us. Okay. Uh, we're not going to have it all the time at this point. And that means it'll shift from year to year. Yeah. We'll, we'll enjoy something the same, but a little different, maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse, depending on the drinker. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, we'll, we'll come out with it again next year. Um, you know, we, we had so many rave reviews on this beer from oh, I can imagine. The, the, the industry. Um, so brewers that came by our place, brewers that we, we took it to as we were sharing this, um, we, we got a lot of high marks for this beer from, from our, our craft beer community uh, that we actually, we sent this one off to the GABF. For, oh, nice. for competition oh, for dang. this year yeah yeah for this nice. year it's nice. uh nice. in october are y'all um, going up for the uh event or not, not no? this year i know you've gone in the past yeah. right yeah yeah um but no not not this year but um you know that's that's just how solid i you know i personally feel and my yeah. team feels that yeah. we did on this recipe um that we we felt that it was absolutely competition worthy well it's amazing yeah. I'll, I'll just say and i got to have it on cask uh at the brewery not not too long ago and I mean, I like both versions, but 
I think I prefer the cask. Oh, actually. cask is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. I did not have that. Yeah. There, well, I don't think there was a whole lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. So the, we, we did two casks. We uh, released one uh, back when this beer first came out. Yeah. Um, and then we actually released the second one at our Oktoberfest uh, on nice. Saturday. Saturdays. So, well, that's what's, I mean, I think one of the, one of the great things that y'all do and a lot, and a lot of the local breweries do that you, you really know how to sort of make a, an event out of these things where, you know, you get out there and the, you know, the vibe is just, it's phenomenal. I mean, you, you get out there and it's a very friendly, I mean, you were talking about earlier, the kind of the spirit of camaraderie that, that exists there in the craft beer community in general, but you bring, you bring us the, the consumers in to that party as well. And, and I yeah. really, I think that there's kind of a, there's a family feel to the brewery that, uh, you know, I just I think some some breweries really nail it. Others don't. Is that something that was kind of in there from the beginning for you? Did you want it to have that kind of welcoming vibe? Did you not want it to just be like, hey, only craft beer drinkers uh, <laughs> yeah. need apply? No. Uh, yeah. From day one, we wanted to be we, we wanted to be a spot for the community to come to family friendly, pet friendly, the the whole nine yards with it. I mean, after all, military I, friendly, yep. you get the, yeah, every, everything. Right I mean, there. are there military unfriendly places? Yeah. Yeah. That goes, that I, goes beyond. All right, what I would Joe, imagine. how much have you gotten out in the world? <laughs> yeah. I grew up in a military town. Okay. Well, there that's, you go. That's true. We did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Uh, so I think I have one last question before we uh, talk more in depth about this Baltic Porter. But in regards to this endeavor and some of the other ones, do you ever get anxious or like worried that the um, kind of pushing of new styles is going to fall flat on the marketplace here? Or uh, you mean you, here locally? Yeah. Or do you where just we are? like have like so much belief in yourself and your team that you're like it doesn't matter if they've never heard of a Baltic Porter, people are going to like it. Yeah, um, we're, of course, always worried about it. Um, You know, you never know what's going to happen. One day it's, you know, you can have a style that's the latest and greatest thing. And then the next day it's the most hated style out there and nobody wants anything to do with it. Um, so, you know, I mean, we, we always worry, but, um, we feel that we've built enough of a reputation as a brewery that we're known for our quality. We're known for our consistency that when somebody goes, Hey, Lorelai's got a new beer out, they're not going to be concerned of, Oh, is this beer going to be any good? Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, so that, he'll put a sound effect of a really loud belt yeah. right there. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't worry. Um, I won't, but I'm going to leave you saying that in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so we're, we're always, you know, uh, always concerned about what people are going to think. But I, I think our reputation is going to hold true for us and that anybody knows that, you know, when they go and try one of our beers, that it may not be their flavor profile, it may not be the style of beer that they like, but they still know that they're going to get a good quality beer that is coming off of those taps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe. Well, they, I, I, before we before we skip over it, right? Mm-hmm. Because we actually kind of referenced it earlier. I mean, I'm curious. Y'all come up with some interesting names for your brewery, uh, yeah. for yeah. your beers. Could you speak to? Uh, I've never heard the story. What what got Lorelei to be the brand? I, yeah, yeah. The, the the name, and then maybe this beer, Urate. If you could explain where that comes. Oh, from. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the brewery name Lorelei actually comes from the Rhine River in Germany. Um, when, when my wife uh, Laura and I were looking for names for the brewery, we of course had fifty million different options. Uh, you know, ideas that we were coming up with. Most of them god awful. Uh, thank God we lost the book that had those in them. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we came across the story of Lorelei because we were we were really looking for something that we both have German heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also being a coastal community, we were looking for a tie-in. We wanted to somehow tie everything together. Yeah. And we came across the story of, of Lorelei. Uh, Lorelei, uh, is a rock point on the Rhine river in Germany that ultimately the story is her fiance went off to sea. He never returned. And, um, you know, uh, she threw herself off this rock cliff, um, because of, you know, him being lost at sea. And ever since her spirit has haunted this rock cliff and she's become known the siren of that area. So as sailors are traveling up and down the Rhine river, passing this rock point, they would hear a woman singing and they would go in to investigate and they'd hit the rocky shallows at this point and they'd end up sinking their ships. Um, so she's just, you know, she's a a German siren, you know, um, uh, type of mythology. And we just fell in love with the story. We thought that's amazing. And you know, how much better can you get than the whole concept of a siren in a coastal community like us? And so we, of course, put our own little twist on it. You know, um, you know, our Lorelei is a mermaid. Um, us being here on the coast, um, we're not out to lure people to their death. We're out to lure them to good beer. Um, here, so here. yeah, so just a, a little different of a transition in that. But um, you know, the it, it's the whole uh, you know uh, mysterious, seductive. Um, you know, t- type of uh, mythology that just, you know, people, they, they love it. They love the stories. They, they, they get excited about the unknown and things of that nature. And, you know, so that's what we really wanted to tie into when we created this brewery. So in that, um, all of the beers that we name, um, when we give them the actual mermaid name, it is based off of some form of mythology for the most part that already exists in the real world um, that we then, you know, tweak to give it a Lorelei twist or, you know, even if it's, you know, the mer dude yeah, that we, saying, we, what's the mythology? Yeah. Hey, come, come on. The, the Lebowski is a exactly. mythology, right? Yeah, the mer dude abides. Yeah. So, um, so Yorate? So uh, Yorate is actually a, um, a mermaid of the Baltic Sea. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, ultimately, the story behind her is, you know, the typical trage- tragedy. Um, she fell in love with a fisherman. Um, and then when the, the, the king of the mermaids uh, found out what was going on, he damned him and her to never be together again. And uh, the typical sorrows of, you know, the right the, the, the romance there. So... Um, we drink it to remember the love. Yeah, exactly. Here Let's talk about it. <laughs> Story checks very out. nice. You, well, I'm, we have not had a Baltic porter. I'm full of love right now. Yeah, yeah. We, we have mean, not had a Baltic is... porter to my recollection. A Baltic porter. No, on, on the show. No, we have not. Now. No, it, we, we love firsts. On it, this show. As Varian pointed out, it's not a very common style no, uh-uh. to see down in Texas. Right. I mean, yeah. I think there are probably areas of of the country where they are a little more. Um, readily available, but uh, but no, I can't think of another brewery that I've come upon in Texas that's had one of these, and it's fantastic. I, I loved it. A- Eight point four ABV, and yep. uh, it's it's a porter brewed with lager yeast. If I remember your, yeah, all the elements of the right. porter are there. Wouldn't you agree? I yeah. mean, uh, no, it's chocolatey, it's roasty. I mean, it's got it's got those kind of notes, but like you say, it's it does it dials back the bitterness a little bit. And I and as I was saying earlier, when I was just smelling it, I mean, it's got like kind of this nice earthy quality to it that I'd almost associate with something like a pilsner or something that that's kind of in there. That I, I'm I'm totally enjoying this. 
Yeah, I would agree with the with the earthy bit. Yeah, I get that. Um, and I think I think maybe I wasn't quite able to identify what that was until you said that just now. Okay. Uh, very br- good though, top tier. You bring say. to it the expectations that you have. You say porter, you say logger. I can kind of in my mind create what that profile is going to be, and it and it, it is it, it is different than that. It's very very unique. And uh, I guess we appreciate you definitely bringing something so unique to the Coastal Bend. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when we come back for the second half, we're going to get into our namesake. We're going to talk about uh, we're talking about a movie. And right. We, we, uh, we've referenced a couple movies. I'm, I'm proud that we at least got a couple movie <laughs> references in there. I mean, we got the, we got the Brubaca and, uh, the and, and the uh, we also got the dude. So. We asked Varian what movie he'd like to talk that's about. Right. And, and that's will, the movie we'll be talking about. Which you will find out when we get back. <laughs> All right, and we're back. My microphone keeps falling for some reason. Uh, and in the second half, we're going to get to the, the actual movie portion of the program, I think. That's uh, right. But we can't leave the beer behind. No, no. absolutely not. So we, as, as promised... So sorry, I almost did that. <laughs> Varian was so kind, so generous to bring uh, some of his beers to share with us. And, and I noticed there's one unopened one, which maybe we need to take care of at some point during this discussion as well. That could happen. Okay. But but we also wanted to bring him something. We, we asked Varian before he, he ever came here to... Uh, the studio. We don't have a good name for your studio here. We we should come up with one. But uh, the, we'll figure it out. The Cooper Compound. I don't no, know I hate that. No, okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I don't want to tap my name. And I okay. Don't like my name. Um, but uh, Varian said he likes Carlos Studio. <laughs> No, no. Okay. He 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 likes uh, traditional styles, and that kind of came up in what we were talking about. And uh, he had mentioned a few um, that you know he's he's had over the years that he's really enjoyed. And one of them that he mentioned was Pilsner. And actually, Lorelai used to make a really wonderful Czech Pilsner. Um, so I couldn't get my hands on a Czech. I remember you saying that when Nuasis opened, it was your new favorite brewery because they were they were doing a, a Pilsner. And I was like, well, what about Lorelai? And you said, screw. They them. don't do their Pilsner anymore. <laughs> no. uh, and uh, but I am very happy that we have a local Pilsner again. Mm. That, that is true. Um, I but can, I can see Varian's gears grinding. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's no, like, if, the, if only there were two more of you to buy more. <laughs> yeah. well, no, and, and, and I mean, uh, the, the one thing I'll say is that uh, our Czech Pilsner won gold medal at yeah. beer, beer Wars on the East Coast. Um, it's one of my all-time favorite beers that we produced. Um, Man, when, when that was on at the Draft House, yeah. I was every movie I went to see, I had two Pilsners. Yeah. And an you, you were drinker. you were the only one I drinking probably it. Was. I probably was. I probably drained that. Keg it just over didn't sell in this market. It, it doesn't. Um, you know, something we found about the coastal bend and even down into the valley area, um, people see the name Pilsner attached to something, and it seems to be a turnoff for them. They're they're not interested in Pilsners down in this market. Um, not only us, but there's been other breweries that have struggled with selling Pilsners, yeah. and I won't name names, but I can you know I know of three very large. Breweries breweries in the state that are dropping their pilsners oh. because the sales just um they're not there and it's well, associating it with the marketing of miller light a uh, pilsner you know, it, you know I, I i'm not i'm not really sure what yeah. it is that's stopping people from drinking it um but it's just you know we we had it for a couple of years that yeah. you know um we would release it uh first batch that we would do would sell out like crazy we'd make a second batch of it and we'd sit on it for like six months before we could get yeah. rid of it yeah um, what are the three breweries i'll edit it out <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you bring david so 
the, the, now that we're, you know, like, hey, the, the world may be down on Pilsner, Texas maybe, but I'm up on Pilsner. So I brought I us a Pilsner to drink. This is from a, a smaller, somewhat newer Texas brewery that I don't know if you've had, St. Elmo out of Austin. I have not, and but I've heard great things. They so actually, they had, yeah. they had two Pilsners on when I was up there this weekend. One was what they called an American Pils. Um, which was very good. But I actually preferred the one that they call their German Pilsner. And this is, uh, the name of it is Vaughn. It's a 4.8%. Like Vince Vaughn. Like like Vince Vaughn. Um, I don't know. that I didn't ask about how they named <laughs> Double it. Double V. Yeah, right. This what, beer is so money, it doesn't even know it. It doesn't even know it. It's got, it's got these big fucking claws. <laughs> he did it. So, he, yeah. You broke, and, and you broke the F barrier. We didn't uh, really, sorry. I'll hand this over to Shit. Joe to pour, but I didn't really get to... Uh, didn't mean mention this earlier, but I was really excited when Varian walked in with these beautiful uh, crowlers. Uh, that I'm, I'm glad you brought them up because I wanted to I wanted to comment on them in the first half and I forgot because it's because it, you know it's celebrating Texas's uh, uh, new beer to go laws that mm-hmm. got passed uh, earlier this month. And what I loved about these that Varian brought it said tastes like hard won legislative victory. <laughs> uh, pairs well with freedom. Does That's not right. contain blood, sweat, or tears. We left a decade's worth on the floor of the Capitol. Nice. Beer to go legal in Texas since September. So th- 1st, this was a big deal, right? I mean, now we could uh, we we can get beer. So when I was up in Austin, I was able to take thirty two ounce Crowler back with me from the brewery. And here, when people visit Lorelei, they can get these lovely sixteen ounces to take with them, which I've done. Yep. a couple times myself. All right. Very Pilsner. exciting. All right. So so we will, you know, and again, I think, you know, very, true, true to very form, clear. Very the, clear. Whoever did this crowler for you has tremendous Beautiful handwriting. handwriting. I told the guy yeah. and, and I think he thought I was hitting on him, but you know, that was, you know. That's fair. I, I got, I, I thought that was printed on the can. No, that, <laughs> that, that was, that is, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's A plus. It's so this is coming out at a 4.8 ABV. Yeah. So to Carlos, it's Special, water. Yeah. yeah but, uh, that's all right. <laughs> But to the rest of us, we can sip on this. Thank God Varian didn't bring us any water. He so, came in right at five. That's right. That's right. It's a threshold. Okay, so what movie did Varian suggest that we discuss in this different version of uh, this different format for beer in a movie? Well, I'll tell you because other than our love for beer, Varian and I share what I believe to be a very significant bond, and it is that The Princess Bride's our favorite movie. Wow. All-time favorite. All-time. Yeah. For me Both as well. Of, well, I knew that about Varian, because Joe, I didn't really... This is the first time I'm hearing that's your favorite film. Well, I don't think that I had quite put it so concretely before. I mean, I know that on this podcast I've said before that I love that movie, I feel like. Yeah, no. But I, I knew you liked it. I just didn't know you it, yeah. put it right at the top. Well, I didn't either. And then I was talking to my wife about it, and I said that that was the movie we were going to be talking about, because we asked Varian what his favorite movie was, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And she was like, oh, that's perfect. You love that movie. And uh, I was like, yeah, I could recite it from beginning to end to you right now. Uh, and then... I've, like, I've got and, time. Go. And then, <laughs> and then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? I think that is my favorite movie of all time. I don't think I've ever seen a movie as many times as I've seen that. Hmm. I don't think that any movie that I've ever seen has aged as well as that, at least as far as like repeat entertainment value goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just like have such a great time watching it every time. All the performances are great. The directing's great. The writing's great. Uh, I mean, there. I don't believe there to be a single flaw about this film. I would even go so far as to say that if you don't at least like Princess Bride a lot, you're, you're kind of a soulless ghoul. I mean, it's everyone, <laughs> everyone loves the Princess Bride, and for good reason. But Varian, 
why is it your favorite? Tell, tell us what, what what there's a lot of movies out there. Why this one? You know, um, man, it, it's one of those things that uh, I'm, I'm a huge movie fan as it is. Uh, anybody that goes to our brewery, they're going to see the uh, Star Wars memorabilia hanging on the wall. Uh, Oktoberfest, I was dressed up in uh, uh, Lederhosen with my uh, Alpine wool hat on in the middle of summer, which is uh, awesomely sweaty. <laughs> um, and my Star Wars uh, bands. Nice. Uh, because, I mean, I, I am a diehard Star Wars fan. I love Star Trek. I love sci-fi. I mean, there, there's so many great movies out there. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm a fan of all of it. But I, I think it's, you know, like what was already said, it's, you know, when when I go back to a movie that I can literally watch over and over again, and it takes me back to being a child, it, it takes me back to being a kid and that I just sit there and completely get engulfed in, it's The Princess Bride every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I watched that movie. I was homesick from school. Um, <laughs> what a perfect tie-in. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and and, and that, that's, I mean, it's crazy. It, it had to have been, uh, you know, HBO. My grandfather or, walked in. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I got this uh, you know, cassette that I'm going to, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and th- there I was, I mean, uh, laying on, uh, laying on our living room floor, sick as can be. Um, and I, I, you know, I popped movie, uh, um, uh, I guess it was on VHS because I mean I, I watched it over and over again. I popped it in, I started mm-hmm. watching it, not really knowing what it was. I, you know, I, I was bored of everything that we had already, so I start watching it, and I'm I, you know, still to this day I can vividly remember laying there on the floor eating saltine crackers as I watched this movie. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure in that two days of me being sick, I wore out the VH ta- ta- VHS tape, and we had to go buy a new one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I literally I just watched it over and over and over again the entire time I was sick, and. Uh, uh, still to this day, um, man, it is just uh, how can't you how can't you just love something that's gonna you know um, it, it, it's got action, it's got romance, it's got sports, it's got it's got you fencing, know, fighting, yeah. torture, revenge, <laughs> giants, guys, monsters. It has Andre the Giant yeah. in it. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Andre the Giant is in this movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, right. Guy, that, guy, that guy could drink Mandy some I know. You're, yeah. you're, you're, Wallace Shawn. I know. Well, that's it. I mean, they, your male hall pass, Carrie uh, Elwes, is in the movie. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, but Chris Sarandon. Robin Wright. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Robin Wright. Yeah, I mean, yep. you, that. Christopher I, Guest. I mean, I think that's the thing when when I. Yeah, it was great when uh, when Joe shared that, oh, Varian, you know, Fucking said Billy Princess Bride yeah. and wanted to watch it. It was like, Oh, that's great because I haven't seen this in years. I'm going to get a chance. I get to watch this right. with my daughters right, right now. Like had a, they a seen it before? A nine year old? No, no. Oh. So it, it was kind of exciting. I'm like, okay, I'm going to. So I went. Carlos had a copy at the shop on DVD. I I brought it home, got it up, and I'm like, oh, this this is incredible. And watching it and how much more appreciation now I have for the performers than I did when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid seeing it, which I saw like you multiple times. I don't, you know, when I was sick, when I was healthy, what I, I I saw it probably a dozen or more times when I was a kid and I always loved it, but I don't think I had that appreciation for that's Billy Crystal. That's Mandy Patinkin. That's, you know, uh, that's Carol Kane. Like all these actors who I've seen now in other roles and darker roles and, stranger roles or more adult roles that you realize they're really like they're putting themselves out there and doing this really great um work in this film that's really you know for a more family audience and so so it was it was really cool to kind of have that second or that that viewing now which i hadn't seen it probably in 15 years um 
to yeah well it's, hey, it's tough yeah. it's tough you're it's trying to say how, how did your daughters like it um they thought it was very funny uh-huh. i mean they they really it's hysterical, it's hysterical. now <laughs> my daughter Anybody especially my nine my nine-year-old is at the age where she doesn't like the mushy stuff right so um. the, so she was kind of with the fred savage character with the like is this gonna be a kissing movie and right. they, we, and, but it was great that you had but it's great that you have the kind of you know those those uh cutaways to the grandfather for him to say the, their feelings exactly. out loud so like even before she would groan it was the, you know, Fred Savage in bed saying, like, is this going to be a kissing scene? And then it's great later on in the film where he's like, no, you can read the kiss. <laughs> I was I like, you're going to get so there, much. too. You're going to get there, too. Uh, Rob Reiner directed in 1987. This is right. between Stand By Me and When Harry Met Sally. So his career was certainly on a roll. We should mention that it was written by uh, you know, someone Goldman. I don't think we've talked about much, William Goldman. Yeah. And the star of the movie is the script. It is, oh, yeah. it is and, perfect. Yeah. And it was previously thought to be an unadaptable novel like that he wrote right that he wrote yeah, and because yeah. it there had been i i believe um according to carrie elway's book as you wish amazing um, book a great book oh my god so yeah. good um other attempts to adapt the film and everyone's like no you can't make this movie. Well, too I, much. I believe and, it was 10 years yeah wow for, it had been in this like development had, yeah. hell and stuff and then finally it happens the right script with the right director Carrie Elways and Robin Ryder both in one of their first roles right and, and they both and Carrie Carrie Elways does a fantastic they job they both crush it you bring in some more recognizable faces like Andre the Giant has his own and could fan could, base could that elsewhere. role be done by anybody else of course not no. could no, that that's, be ridiculous could inconceivable be done by anybody other no. than John Wallace <laughs> Wallace Sean no, Wallace, Wallace Sean is yeah. a, that's what I icon. said you said here <laughs> no he's and and I mean you know was this after dinner with Andre? Or yes, yeah. it was after? That, that was like eighty, eighty-one. Yeah, that's so what I thought. This was that's definitely and, well after that. And you know, something I didn't know about him because really, for me, oh. I know him as that guy in Princess Bride. Right. Um, but a playwright, you know, like the just like the depths of um, you know the talent pool that they right. went to to find the absolute perfect. Right people for each one of these anybody roles. besides manny patinkin anybody no no fuck no no uh, <laughs> i know i know uh, <laughs> but, but this but is the, when the passion comes out yeah no it is yeah. the whole this is, this is after the beers have gone in yeah. <laughs> the entire wedding scene i mean iconic like uh-huh. you say that you say the word marriage in that tone of voice everybody knows what you're talking about instantly you don't need to say anything else about it. it's true describe. christopher guest chris sarandon per- perfectly Perfect. cast six-fingered man i mean you have all of that kind of kind of lore and everything like that so and, um, I, I have to bring this out as yeah. we're discussing Please. the whole wedding scene um if you uh my <laughs> wife and i being the founders <laughs> of lorelei um we decided to do a joint business card where both of our names are on the business card because we do everything together yeah um and uh you know it, okay so for for all of our audience out there the uh, you were just handed a card i was just handed a card the it says varian and laura kreiser founders slash head brewer phonetically spelled perfectly yeah phonetically spelled perfectly oh nice yeah i uh all right this this love goes deep it does i in december it was actually new year's eve last year i uh officiated a wedding ceremony for my best friend elaine who was just as big a princess bride fan as i am and i i didn't want to fuck her wedding up and do some stupid impression. Right. But I couldn't not do it 
the way that I started the ceremony was I, I just said the word marriage and then I paused. Marriage is what brings us together today. And I said it in a very like normal tone of voice. And she starts cracking up and everybody's just kind of like her whole wedding party and Adam and everybody's looking at her like, what's going on? And then I, I went about my business as usual. But I had told her for so long, if you let me officiate your wedding, this is happening. There's going to be a reference. To, you There's just have to accept it. That's incredible. I mean, it, it is one of those. I mean, and that isn't the only right. I mean, we've already referenced Inconceivable, We've you know, which which my daughters, since we viewed it, have said several times, which I love now that they the word inconceivable is just part of their vocabulary. Right. Yeah. The whole man in the mask thing, like, oh, they're incredibly comfortable. I think everybody would be wearing them. In the yeah. <laughs> I think there's just like That's moment right. after moment after moment. If only we had a wheelbarrow. Uh, right. Oh, no, mostly dead. There's a difference between <laughs> mostly, mostly dead and all dead. <laughs> very, very good. Very good pick. And that, that was... that was The whole rhyming thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, The Cliffs of Insanity. Yes. I mean, there's like every single So many moment. great moments. Not, yeah. It's not so many. I think every... You can look at every single scene of that movie and there is something iconic and quotable in every single one. Just about. Yeah. I can't think of a moment of that movie that isn't referenceable to other people that have seen right it. well maybe Ma- there's not a, a single unmemorable moment no i mean they're all memorable they're all memorable not, maybe not all equally as quotable but still no, de- very, very definitely memorable. not equally as quotable yeah. but quotable nonetheless yeah. for perfect sure perfect film it's it's perfect film it, it yeah. is it really i is. mean it 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 cannot fail at entertaining i think if, if no. as joe said earlier i don't know if i'd say somebody has a black heart for, for not loving it but i would really <laughs> I question know, i don't know i would really question their interest in entertainment right at all if uh if they weren't to uh find something in there perfect film we have a a brewer in our midst who said i love a good pilsner david you brought one is the saint elmo what's Vaughan. it called the german Vaughan. pills the Vaughan. Vaughan. The perfect pilsner, and I think we should go to Varian first. Yeah, um, I love it, um, and I'll say that uh, German pills is my least favorite style of pills oh. um, because most yeah, pe- most people that make them uh, make them super malty. Yeah, um, so oh, it's okay. almost a malt bomb in a pilsner. And is that, that because the German pilsner has a malty profile, or they're doing it incorrectly? Um, you know, uh, well, I, I haven't been to Germany, so I can't really tell you. Um, <laughs> but um, based on you know that the style itself, I find that most brewers, when they do it, um, the German style's pils is very heavily malt forward. Um, it does not have the kind of balance that this does. Okay. Um, this is absolutely drinkable. I think this is fantastic and one one of the few German pills that I've had that I would absolutely drink again and again. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, this is fantastic. I, I'm loving this. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I was super impressed. This was my first time uh, having St. Elmo beer uh, at their mm, brewery. Second time. And okay. First time at the brewery. Oh, wait, you brought it, yeah. We've you, had it on the show before. One, you did. One time before, yeah. You brought it back. The but, riff with Banded Brewing. Right, but it was my first time being there yeah. and getting to sit in their tap room, and really everything I tried was was very good. But that, Did you get a flight, or did you just try different things? Um, we, we got a flight. I think I got a couple full pint. They had a Kolsch that I really liked, because okay. they, they even had like the nice Kolsch glasses. Oh, nice. Um, and, they, and their Kolsch, I think, is called Carl. Which I just love the idea of a beer named Carl. It just has like a yeah, very funny. like I don't know like working man's beer. I, yeah. I dig that. So um, did you eat at Soursop? No, we did. I I saw they had the food trailer there, but I didn't because it wasn't like uh, 
family friendly, fair. I, you mm. know, I, I struggle with that as a dad where yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to, okay, if we're going to eat, let's find something that the kids can eat. And yeah, so I wasn't able, but they, if I was there with just Aaron, I think it would have been very easy for us to, That's commendable. to enjoy that. Yeah. Do you struggle for a beer for them to drink? <laughs> <laughs> they actually, uh, I'm trying to, they had lemonade available okay. there. So that, that Good worked dad. well Good for, nice, for, the, nice. for the kids. Yeah. Absolutely. So they didn't like the pills. So Pilsner's <laughs> not the one that I'm going to well, go to first. It's not the one that I'm going to go to first. If I go to a, a forty uh-huh. tap beer bar, I'm not going to get the Pilsner first, David. Yeah, I've learned from you that you you're a Pilsner fan enough to maybe go that route. Maybe I, go. I that will route. usually, especially if I'm at a brewery, if they have a Pilsner, it's mm-hmm. going to be one that I try. Uh, I don't recall, Vary, and I apologize. We had a conversation about a, a new a newer brewery in town, Oasis. We've talked about them on the show before, and they had a Pilsner. And David, I remember you being excited about that because it was at the time the only locally brewed Pilsner. We, we mentioned Varian and Lorelai's Pilsner earlier. Right. Uh, so, what did you what did you think, David? I mean, this is this hitting your absolutely Pilsner gland? Absolutely. <laughs> It 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 is ringing my Pilsner bell, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and actually, the the other one that they had too that they called the American, which I thought was a little bit sweeter and it maybe had a little bit of a, more of a multi character. I I preferred this one, but I like both. I I really you know it's just I we live in Texas. I mean, the I want a beer that I can drink in the heat and it's not going to pull me down. The Dunkel earlier definitely was that way. This one here, you know, I I feel like I don't understand why lighter beers, lighter in body, lighter in, you know, not light beers, um, (laughs) aren't as popular as I would think they would be here. And, And I think part of that, you know, we Anyway, we chase trends. We, yeah, we get excited definitely. about certain. We, we want people to like put every fruit imaginable into a beer, whatever yep. it is. Um, and that's fine. I, but hey, I, I enjoy those. I'm, I'm not. Dollar bill. Especially <laughs> when I'm three or four Pizza. in. Those, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so um, um, yeah. I, I think we kind of agree. This was very, very, very tasty. And I can tell from trying these two St. Elmo's that we've had on the show that they're doing a good job. Yeah. Well, and what, one thing that I'll say. Um, Something that I do at any brewery I go to is I always try the pills. If they have a pills, I try it. And the reason why, um, it's going to tell you everything you need to know about that brewery. Um, And the reason why I feel that way, and a lot of brewers do, is that when it comes to the Pilsner style and the lighter bodied styles like this, is the limited grain bill, um, the the lighter flavor. The, it, it's more of a precise beer that you're producing. Mm. There's nothing to hide behind. Exactly. Right. If you so, get enough flavor, it's not going to get buried. You, you're you can't taste hide it. it. Like yeah. you, you're not. You can't hide it in the hops. You can't hide it in the roastiness of the malt. Um, you, you can mess up and brew, uh, you know, uh, a stout and the roastiness and all the character of those malts that are in there, they can hide a lot of deficiencies in that beer. Yeah. Um, same thing with an IPA, you know, Hey, taste it. Oh, well, it doesn't taste exactly right. Add more hops. Let's let's dry hop this. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Oh, Hey, we're going to do our fifth dry hop rendition on this beer. (laughs) Wow. must've been really bad. Add a dollar to the Uh, price. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's no way you, you can't hide it anything in this beer yeah and, and that's you know that's something especially with this one sitting right here is i mean that is absolutely fantastic that you can't hide any deficiencies in that beer right there and there's clearly none i that's mean it's cool fantastic. I, lo- I love the idea of brewers using that as a measuring stick to kind yeah. of like okay do you, well, I, do you get that in, in terms of you know w- 
we 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 were thinking here like beers to pair with we always are pairing beers with movies and stuff and you know this one it was more i was trying to hit your sweet spot i guess but if you were to sit down and say host a screening of the princess bride yeah uh, you know either in your own living room or or at the theater like alamo draft house you had a night where they were going to show the princess bride what would be your beer of choice that you would want members of the audience to drink it perfectly pairs with, with the movie yeah yeah um, you know, it, it's going to have to be a beer that's like the movie. Um, you know, the, the, the Princess Bride, as we already talked about, it, it's an action, it's a romance, it's a comedy. It is everything all yeah. rolled into one story. And what beer out there is the same as that? And, um, you know, I, I feel and uh, from what I've seen, there's really only one style that rolls into that category. And it's going to be a, a Belgian, uh, a wit beer. Ooh. Um, okay. you know, Ooh, the, I like it. I like, I like <laughs> I this. I love the I'm, reaction. I'm, I'm surprised. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, come on. He's, this is, well, I, I like this. I wasn't I like sure this. where he was going. I know, so me I, either. You know, and I, I like where he got. Excited yeah. to get Now, why do you claim that rolls everything into one? Well, um, you know, what, what we found, uh, especially looking at uh, Whitbeer, they're famous for being able to pair with anything. Mm. Um, it, it's got coriander in it, so it makes it great for going with Mexican food or Thai food, things of that nature. You know, you, you've got the orange in there. Um, you know, th- this is a style of beer that you can literally pair with any type of food out there. And of course, you know, everybody associates foods, food to, you know, what you're doing, what's going on. There's always a connection to that. Um, because you, you also eat based on the situation. So, you know, if it's hot and it's nasty outside, you don't want something super heavy. You're going to eat light. Well, this beer fits all situations and, um, you know, a, a wit beer, it is a lighter style beer and, you know, being an action movie, you, you want something that's going to keep, you know, keep you going and keep you up, not yeah. something that's going to weigh you down. Yeah. It, it's also a, a romance movie. So you want something that you can sit there and you can actually enjoy the flavor of right. and, and enjoy with that special someone. And that's, that's what a wit beer is going to be able to do. It's got so much character and flavor. And beautiful golden hue that matches yeah. uh, Buttercup's hair. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well done, David. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, no, I mean, I, I, I was, agree. I'm so glad you brought this up. I mean, you were talking earlier about, you know, the, the beer that you're, you're Chewbacca. You're, you're, or Chewbacca. Sorry. Take that out, Carlos. Uh, that, that, uh, he turned you on to, you know. But it, for me, like, really, my craft beer epiphany was through a Belgian wit. I mean, it was yeah. uh, having Allagash White back in the day where it just, you know, opened the door to me where it's like, hey, this beer doesn't have to be something that is uh, poured out of a keg in a basement and uh, that, you know, people are, uh, you know, just challenging each other to drink mass quantities of. You can yeah. actually sip this and enjoy it. And I think that would be a perfect beer. I, it, uh, or, you know, any Belgian wit that's done well would be a perfect beer to sit down. And that's a great choice. I love a, a that. A final question, then we'll let Varian get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the social media and, 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 and the idea that there's a run on White Claw and the idea that uh, the 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 big brewers are getting in, you know, getting into the um, crafty business. It, you hear, you read, millennials are killing. You you hear and read that craft beer is dying. Yeah. You're a craft brewer. It, do we need to be scared? What is your take on that whole take? Um, you know, uh, I, I don't believe craft beer is dying. It, it's definitely becoming more competitive. Um, it's not. Um, it's not the, the same as it was a few years ago that anybody can just open up a craft brewery and be successful with it. 
Um, people have become pickier. They are paying more attention to the quality of the beer that they're getting, and they now have more options in all markets, uh, all sectors. Um, you know, the the craft spirits is taking off mm. again. Um, you know, craft seltzers is becoming a huge thing. Um, I think uh, St. Elmo's has one. Yeah. They do. I didn't try it, but yeah. they did, yeah. You know, uh, hard uh, kombucha yeah. Is, yeah. A, is a big thing that's coming out now. Um, you know, so people are playing around. Um, you know, the the fact is beer has been around, dated back more than 10,000 year, years. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, are, are some people going to get weeded out? Um, I absolutely believe so. Um, you know, and that's kind of what we talked about of, you know, all these specialty beers and, you know, breweries that focus just in certain specialty areas. There, There's a point where people are just not going to be, you know, going after that same thing. And that's why, um, you know, us as a foundation, we we're very very heavy on the traditional styles, but we're still going to give you that that unique experience and give you some of those specialty beers uh, right. to keep you interested. It comes back to quality, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, and, and which which you've brought here in spades. Um, th- I thought you were going to go a different direction, Joe, and I feel like we have to address this. Go right? ahead. I mean, you, you were talking about social media, and it, when Varian picked this film, it's kind of oddly timed that. There just happened oh, to be this yeah. kind of social media dust up recently ah, no. yeah. with uh, with with uh, much debate about the possibility of a Princess Bride remake. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, w- where yeah. do we sit on that? Are we are we all kind of hard pass? Yeah. Hard, pass? Yeah. hard pass. I mean, we did talk about earlier that it would be just. All of the elements aligned perfectly to allow yeah. them to make this film yeah. what it was. We all agree it's a perfect movie. Why remake it? Yeah. yeah. Outside there's, of a money grab. There's no yeah, there's no reason to other than to attempt to make some money, but I don't see it being super well received by yeah. anybody. I can't imagine anybody going to see that having any reference point to the source material and being like, Oh yeah, that was good, I like that. Yeah, because like, you can't you can't beat it. You know. Well, I agree. I mean, it, but but it is. What are you gonna do? But in the day yeah. and age that we live in, and we've talked about this on other episodes, you know, the the whole remake, uh, sequel, what yeah. you know, that this like we don't come up with anything new. We kind of just regurgitate or recycle what it is that we've had before. Um, I, I mean, I'm not surprised to hear that that people are thinking that Sony might think about doing something like that. It does seem like... It got a pretty big backlash against the idea. It did, right. People don't like this idea. Carrie Elways came out and basically said... What are you talking about? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, actually, he had the best quote out of it. What was it? What was it? Uh, there? There is a lack of perfect movies in this world. Yes, it yes. would be a pity to ruin this one. Yes, <laughs> yeah, classic, so, classic. Guy. There you I, go. I, yeah, there you <laughs> go. A throwback to breasts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, there, anyone there, who's seen the film knows the reference. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, yeah well, be, thank you. I'd be very upset. Um, but I, I think we've had a, a great time here. On yeah. this well, episode. I, I certainly have. Yeah. I mean, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming and we appreciate sharing. the insight into the industry. And oh, yeah, absolutely, into sure. the the making process and yeah. and everything you could bring to the absolutely. table. Today. Thank oh, you so well, much. I, I truly enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, and to go back to social media, you can find Lorelai on Instagram at Lorelai Brewing. Um, on Facebook, you can search them Lorelai Brewing Company. Uh, Lorelai Brewing Are you guys on Twitter? Uh, yes, we are. Oh, at Lorelei Brewing as well? Yeah, I believe so. Um, and you can also find us 
on Twitter at Beer Movie Show, on Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX, and at Beer and a Movie Podcast.com. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. When you subscribe, that helps you stay abreast about new episodes. You'll be the first to know when we drop something. And also go ahead and rate and review us. We know you're going to give us that five star rating, but write us a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. It greatly helps the show, us, program content, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Varian, for coming. Great time. Uh, and until next time. Anybody want to be not? <laughs> 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 <laughs>